0: hey guys welcome to everyday alchemy I'm your host Terry alongside of me you will also be hearing from my community and other everyday people just like you sharing their stories tools and magic to help expand your consciousness and alchemize your life ah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very last episode of Season 1. What? So today I just want to let you all know that it will be the last episode of the season. I'll be taking a few weeks break as things are ramping up for me during this holiday season. And, yeah, I'll return with more episodes and a whole new season of Everyday Alchemy in the new year. So as this is the last episode before the Christmas period... I thought I would talk about the different challenges that may come up for us during the holiday season. With all of the different Christmas parties and gatherings of friends and family and work colleagues, the holiday season can be a really busy one. You know, it can get a little hectic for some people. And there may be times where we might even feel a little bit triggered because, well, you know how spending time with family and friends can be sometimes. Or maybe for some of us, We can even feel a little bit sad or alone or, you know, just not like the holiday season as much as others seem to. I know for me personally, I've not had a Christmas with my family in Australia for over 10 years, probably like 12 years it's been. And for me over the years, it can feel hard at times. It can feel lonely, isolating, you know, not being able to gather with my family or be together with them. So if you find yourself feeling sad or alone or perhaps getting triggered over this holiday period, I just wanted to remind you of the blessing or the opportunity that this feeling or the thoughts that you attach to the feelings can actually bring. It really is a great opportunity to look at those feelings that you might feel and explore the thoughts that come up at the time. See what thoughts come up and then see what meaning you've given to those thoughts. So, for example, if you feel alone or lonely during this holiday season, perhaps you might tell yourself that, oh, I'm all alone. I have no friends. I have no family. You know, you may feel sorry for yourself. You may feel isolated or lonely. And so perhaps the meaning that you attach to these thoughts might be that, well, you're unlovable that you're all alone in the world, that you're not good enough. So those thoughts and meanings that you have attached or assigned to them, they're just limiting beliefs. They're actually not true. They just feel true as that is what you've been telling yourself and believing about yourself for a very long time. They probably stem from learnt beliefs or from trauma that came from your childhood. So you just need to look at that and look to where in your childhood you ever first learnt those limiting beliefs. When you do this, when you break down the trigger and break down where you first ever learnt the belief, you start to see that, hey, maybe this belief system that I've been telling myself isn't necessarily true. Maybe I've just gotten into the habit of unconsciously reacting to this limiting belief that was formed in my childhood, that was formed by someone else's limiting belief that I learned or that I had made up or formed during a traumatic event. Now, you can also take that initial trigger, that feeling that you felt, and use it as a tool to help you to see what it is that you want more of, you know, a goal or a purpose to work towards. So let's just say you feel alone or you feel lonely or that you have no friends. You can break it down, identify the limiting belief, see when you ever first formed that belief in childhood. Maybe in childhood you were bullied and didn't have a lot of friends. Maybe you've moved around a lot. Just look at it, identify it. And then realize that this emotion that you're feeling and these thoughts that you're having are just pointing you in the direction of what you do want more of. So maybe it's trying to tell you, hey, you know what? It's time to connect with more friends or more like-minded people. It's trying to tell you, hey, it's time to connect more with your community or reach out to your family more. Maybe join a few more social clubs or groups. So these emotions that you may feel, these lower vibrational emotions that might come up, really aren't all that bad. There actually is a whole lot of good that is also there. There are opportunities for you to do your shadow work to identify your limiting beliefs that might be holding you back from something amazing, they're also there as a gift to show you what it is that you do want. Okay, so let's think of another example. Let's just say you're triggered by an overbearing family member that perhaps has their own strong opinions and thoughts about everything. You know, the right way to roast the chicken, the right way to bake the potatoes, their opinions or actions about the vaccinated or the unvaccinated people perhaps their thoughts on what decisions you need to make to you know do in your life I don't know (laughs) if you are triggered and if you feel the emotion starts to get you know activated by this overbearing family member remember to just be the observer of that emotion just note it oh look I'm feeling angry or frustrated Just note the emotion that comes up, but then remind yourself that the emotion is just a tool. It's just an alarm trying to tell you what limiting belief you have, what fears you need to look at. The emotion that you feel isn't really you. It is not all of who you are. It just feels really, really strong because it's a really great alarm trying to show you what's getting in the way. It's trying to show you what's holding you back. So, when you find some time to explore that emotion that you felt and identify the thoughts that you had at the time, you know, perhaps you felt misunderstood. Perhaps you felt like you weren't heard or seen for who you really are. Perhaps you feel like you're not doing a good enough job. All of those thoughts and meanings are just your limiting beliefs. And although they're extremely convincing at times, they're not true, they're not concrete. They're not the be-all, end-all, and they're not who you really actually are. And they just want to be acknowledged. Now, the last thing that I want to bring up is something that I have personally experienced and have had struggles with over the years. For most of my life, I found that I was always reading the room and controlling the vibe of the room when I was in group gatherings. I always felt this urge of responsibility To make sure that everyone felt okay, you know, that everyone was included, that I talked to everyone equally, asked questions about themselves and their lives endlessly, you know, feed them compliments, you know, just so that I could make sure that the harmony of the gathering was in balance and that everyone was okay. I would read the room, observe what people and personalities were there. I would observe the mood of everyone. And then, you know, I would either step up my personality and be the life of the party or play down my personality and myself if there were already a lot of, you know, bigger and louder personalities in the room. And after these gatherings, I would find myself feeling utterly exhausted I would need a whole week's break before I could gather with people again or see different people, which is really hard to do during the Christmas time when everyone wants to be together and and have Christmas parties and gatherings. I would also just want to be alone or be by myself so that I could just be me and be who I felt like being instead of manipulating or controlling the room and and changing myself so that everyone else could have a good time or so that others would feel comfortable. You know now it seems so wild but I used to do that a lot and even at times I still find myself defaulting into playing that role at times. And this behavior of mine used to be very subtle and, and unconscious to me. You know I genuinely cared more about everyone else's comfort and well-being than my own. Now this was actually a coping mechanism that I first learned in childhood. As an empathic and intuitive child I had a extra keen ability to tap into what other people were feeling, to read the room, to be able to read others more intuitively and As things in my family started to break down, there were a lot of things that went on in our house that was quite traumatic. And so as a way to control everything and and have some sort of control over this out of control situation, I developed the habit or the coping mechanism of trying to control others and their feelings and their behaviours around me as... I learned that if I did this and if I learned to you know, keep the balance in the home, well, then that would mean that I would be okay, that I wouldn't be as hurt. So really, it was just a coping me- mechanism or a way to be able to control the things that were happening to me and to control the amount of fear that I felt. So many of us, this can be an old pattern that's learned in childhood of us over-identifying or over-attuning to things or to the behaviors of our parents or our caregivers or of others in our household. You know, as kids, we see the problem. We feel the problem and all of the things as something that's bad. You know, it doesn't feel nice. It provokes fear in us. And then so we over-attune to the problem and then make up a story of what we have to do in order to control the problem or make it better. You know, as kids we think, okay, this is happening. I feel scared. I feel hurt. I feel afraid. I have to do something about it. I have to take responsibility and I have to try to make it better because I need to feel better. I need to control it so that I don't get hurt or so that I don't feel hurt. So we learn that in childhood, and then we can unconsciously carry this coping mechanism onwards into our adulthood. Or, you know, this can even be a learnt behaviour that was modelled by a parent or a caregiver. I mean, who out there has a mum that's hyper-attuned to everyone and what's going on? Always making sure everyone's well-fed and has what they need, is taken care of. You know, on the surface, it may just be a behavior that's accepted by everyone as, oh, she's just someone who's caring. Oh, mom just loves hosting. She loves taking care of others. But really, deep down, on a more uh, subtler, conscious level, it could be actually driven by the individual's fear of not having control or fear of getting hurt if everyone isn't okay or if everyone isn't happy and taken care of. You see you know, these underlying motivations of people, although on the surface it may just seem like it's from love, you know, it's that illusion of, oh, they just, they're loving and they're caring and they're a really great person. But deep down, on a more subtler conscious level, these behaviors might just be fueled by fear and wanting to avoid any um, feelings of hurt or discontentment. And all of that, when you think about it, that holds a lot of power. And we can see how sneaky these fears can be, how unconscious these motivators can be that drive such behaviour. And you can start to think about the different things that can manifest physically as a result if we don't choose to become more conscious of our motivations. So, you know, it's important to just become aware of this coping mechanism. And if we still apply it in certain ways in our lives... And we can avoid it by being by ourselves all the time, or by not ever spending much time in group situations or settings. Or we can just choose to look at it, become aware of it. As when we become aware of things, when we acknowledge them, that is what helps to actually transmute and heal that behavior. And now remember, if anything becomes too overwhelming, you can remove yourself to catch a breath. And thank goodness for bathrooms, you know, thank goodness for toilets and bathrooms to take a five minute breather, you know, just take in deep breaths through the nose or have a little cry. Excuse yourself for five minutes. That's okay. And it's okay if our shadows come up during this time. And although it may not feel nice at first, it really is just the universe's way of gifting us a nice Christmas present. It's showing us exactly what it is we need to look at and acknowledge, what it is that's holding us back so that the universe can give us more of the things that we do want, so that the universe can give us more of the things that is in alignment with who we really authentically are. It really is the gift that keeps on giving. Now, I just wanted to take this moment to extend my gratitude to all of you for listening in each week for sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your work colleagues, for reaching out with your kind words of encouragement and support, and of course for your donations that have helped me to financially sustain this podcast. I'm looking forward to bringing you more episodes, more content in the new year. And if there's anything that you want me to dive into or explore, then please reach out. Let me know. I'm just kind of banging on each week, just following my intuition of what to talk about. But if there's anything else you want me to explore, then yeah, just reach out. Send me a message. Have an awesome Christmas, everyone. And I'll talk to you all in the new year. Bye. Well, that's it for today, guys. And if you like today's episode, please like and follow us on our socials. Share this podcast with friends and why not leave this podcast a review? Oh, and hang out next for a minute if you want some high vibe laughs. Well, oh, this is perfect for the podcast. Okay, so I have this incredible ability to predict what's inside a wrapped present. It's a gift.